Good morning. Happy New Year to all of you. Good to see all of you this morning. Welcome to Calvary Chapel, Richmond, if you're visiting. I'm uh, doing two things at once. My mic clip just popped off. But at least it's working, so good morning again. Everybody have a good New Year's Eve last night? Everybody well rested? We thought today could be a little lighter, uh, and, it, and it is. Uh, we figured that there would be uh, people that uh, traveling and... Uh, with Christmas Day just a week ago. It seems like Christmas Day was two weeks ago, but it was only a week ago. And New Year's Day today, and we won't have a New Year's Day Sunday until 2034. So um, it's going to be 11 years before you go to church on a New Year's Sunday. So uh, what a great way to start today, to start this new year. Uh, very unique, uh, very special opportunity to start the new day, uh, the new week, the new month. Uh, the new year on the Lord's Day. Isn't that great? Uh, all those things. You get truly a fresh start today. And uh, those of you that are joining us online, uh, we're glad to have you here as well. Um, for me personally, last year at this time, I was at home. Mark was talking about health. I was at home last year on New Year's Day with my second round of COVID. So um, that was my booster round, if you will, because uh, I got it. I got it on Christmas Day 2020, then I got it uh, the day after Christmas on 2021, and 2022 I did not get it. So, uh, <laughs> And so far on 2023, uh, so, so uh, now that it is a new year, but uh, there's been a lot of sickness going around. We had uh, fevers in our home like the week before Christmas, two people with 103 and 104, and I was like... Well, I survived this, and, uh, but, uh, but God was gracious, and it's good to be here. And uh, those of you that are home with the flu or COVID or whatever or both, uh, we've had people that have had both, uh, we're praying for you as well. And I got some texts this morning of people not feeling well. So uh, it is that time of year, as Mark said, lots of giving, but uh, God is gracious, and we're trusting him. A um, couple of quick things before we get into, we will get back into the study of John next Sunday, but before we get back into our study of John next week, a couple of quick things. Uh, other than I'm dressed like a Baptist preacher today, just in case, you know, you're like, hey, you don't normally wear a suit, you know. But it's the first day of the year, and I said, I, I got to do something a little bit different. So, um, But uh, this coming Wednesday, and actually every Wednesday in the month of January, we do, we've been doing this for several years now, uh, every uh, Wednesday in January we'll be praying. And if, uh, if God in, uh, just kind of gives you that impetus to join us. We'll also be fasting every Wednesday. So that is uh, four Wednesdays in the month. So uh, starting January 4th, we'll be fasting. Uh, that's a food fast on those Wednesdays. I remember the first time I fasted. I've told you guys this before. First time I ever fasted, me and my wife had only been saved for like a couple of months. We were encouraged by Calvary Chapel, Fort Lauderdale. To, everyone fasted on this certain day. And, and we were debating at two o'clock in the afternoon was a Jamocha shake from Arby's food or beverage? Uh, was what, which was it? Because we finally determined that it was a beverage. Um, that was our final vote. And, uh, and, but, uh, but for the most part, we did fast the whole day, other than that Jamocha shake, um, which we were living in Fort Lauderdale at the time. We convinced ourselves that that was not food. That was absolutely a beverage. And uh, it was at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Remember that? You know, we uh, hemmed and hauled on that thing. But... But I believe God uh, will actually bless small steps of new faith. 
that even if that's the best you can do to take that step, I believe God will bless it and honor it. Now, at the same time, we're asking if you'd consider this as well. From the 4th to the 25th, that's 21 days, a social media fast. Your whole family will thank you. Uh, you'll thank yourself. Uh, we'll still have social media posts about on, on Facebook, you know, service times and if there was special events or wedding or funeral or, or whatever it may be. So we'll still have those. But uh, for those uh, 21 days that, that you just stay off Instagram, stay off Facebook, stay off Twitter, uh, all these things, and watch God give you more time back, focus you more on him. And then every Tuesday, you know, three Tuesdays, in that same 21 days, a no-tech Tuesday. That doesn't mean you don't use your computer for work. doesn't mean you don't text people. So just no Netflix, no Disney+, Plus, no TV. Just read a book on those days. So if you want to do it, say, that's a big challenge. I'm not sure I can uh, do it. Well, you have other people doing it with you. So find someone and say, hey, can you help keep me accountable that I can pull this off? And with the Lord's help. So, and just a God to kind of focus our mind. You know, Gary talked about the social media. Just an opportunity to just join your brothers and sisters and uh, let everybody else post all the things that needs to be posted out there and read all the things and all the TikToks and everything that you'll miss during that time. But I believe you'll say at the end of that, hey, this has been really good. Uh, a kind of a detox that way. So, uh, I just encourage you that there's no one going to keep track for you. If you want to do it with us, uh, we just invite you to join us. And so, We'll have some more reminders of that as well. So we continue to pray for revival. Uh, if you're uh, visiting with us, uh, if you're new here, uh, we've been praying for revival for over a decade. Through, uh, be, uh, ever since the pandemic began, we've been getting on our knees to pray. And we just believe that just humbling ourselves before the Lord. I was thinking about all the things, that, the, the just vile, wicked things that happened in 2022. And what happens if some of those people got saved? Like the, the, the guy just captured that killed four students in Idaho. What if he had gotten saved? Four people would be alive. You know. And I was thinking also that we, uh, we talk a lot in this country about crime. You know, when we talk about crime, people kind of can think crime, yeah, uh, that's not legal. But when you talk about sin, it raises the bar, doesn't it? So no, no, your issue is not crime. Your issue is you're going to stand before a holy God someday for sin and you, your soul weighs in the balance of hell or heaven. Crime is like, oh, I might get arrested, I might not. I might serve two weeks, I might not get caught at all. God says, sin, you will be caught. You will suffer the consequences. So we're going to pray for revival. We're going to pray that God opens people's eyes to sin, but also to grace. Amen? Uh, because that's what our country needs. And so if you're able to get on your knees, go for it. A little more room today. I thought it would be a little more spacious, so you have a little more room. Uh, if you have bad knees, doctor says don't do that. By all means, sit there and just pray with us. God looks at the heart, not even our specific posture at times. It's the posture of the heart. And let's pray for revival. I'll also be praying for the nation of Pakistan as we start this new year. Um, praying for one nation every week, Pakistan, a largely Muslim nation that God loves very much. Let's pray for them as well.
Father, we once again, we come to you for grace, for mercy, for help. Lord, for us individually, Lord, we come to seek your grace. We are thankful in this new day, this new year, this new day of the week, uh, Lord, that your mercies are new today. Lord, we need your mercy this morning. We need your grace this morning. We need your help this morning. We need your strength. We need your forgiveness. And we ask, Lord, even in this room, that you would wash us and cleanse us. Lord, set our eyes and set our hearts and set our affections on you. Lord, uh, deliver us from even ourselves, even our flesh that is so strong and uh, the culture around us and all the things that would keep us from serving you. We pray, Lord, for a great work of revival at Calvary Chapel Richmond and every heart here and every home and every marriage and every life. Lord, we pray that you would deliver us and break chains in this room. Lord, I know there are chains in here that you want to break. We pray you'd even break them today. We pray, Lord, for those that don't know you. Lord, we pray that those that are in darkness whether they are famous or infamous, whether they've committed crimes, whether they've just done things that are in their mind, Lord, we pray that you turn people to you, to the true and living God, and to Jesus, your only begotten Son. We pray for a great awakening in the body of Christ and the church in this nation. The sleeping church would awake. We pray, Lord, that there would be just a revival from Washington to Los Angeles to Wall Street and New York, all across this country, Lord. We pray that there would be many school kids, teenagers, high school, college, uh, middle school, uh, young people, Lord, that would come to know you as Lord and Savior. We pray, Lord, that uh, you would bring the conviction of sin, righteousness, and the judgment to come. And Lord, we pray that you use us as lights and witnesses this coming year, that we would be stronger in your grace. We pray for the nation of Pakistan. We pray that uh, there would be many, Lord, millions come to know you as Lord and Savior in that nation and around the world. Lord, we pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters. Deliver them as well, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you can turn with me to two places. Two places to James chapter 4. James chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 6. James chapter 4, Matthew chapter 6. Just a couple of verses here. And I'm going to get into teaching mode here. Here we go. You can take that. There we go. James chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 6. James chapter 4, verse 15. Actually, let me read, um, uh, starting verse 13, just kind of see the context, but we're looking at one specific part. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. If the Lord wills. Now turn over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. in the middle of the model prayer from Jesus. Pick it up with verse 6. But when 
you pray. Go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in heaven, who sees the secret, sees you in the secret and will reward you openly. When you pray, do not use the vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask them. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray again. Father, we thank you this morning that you counsel us, that you speak to us, that you give us, Lord, what we need to hear to draw near to you. Lord, to see victory in our life. Lord, to see healing, to see refreshing, to see renewal, to see revival. And Lord, you tell us, Lord, that it's your will that will bring everything that we need in our lives to fruition. So we just ask, Lord, this morning that you would speak to us by your spirit, remove every distraction, speak to each heart, each mind, each soul what is needed. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, I took the title today. Uh, we'll take this stepping away from the book of John, which we've been away for a couple of weeks now with Christmas holidays, but took the title directly from uh, James chapter 4. But one of the distinguishing differences, and there are many, between the life of the believer and those who have been born again by faith in Christ and the life of those without Christ, those who uh, don't know Jesus, is that we as believers, we are not the architects of our life. We are called to give up the reins of control at the foot of the cross. So for the believer, unlike the non-believer, we are receiving the direction for our life from Jesus, who's to be the Lord of our life. We're no longer charting our own course. Instead, we're following the course he gives us. Amen? That's why Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. January 1, all the way to December 31st, this year ends, and follow me. The reality is that just like the disciples who were told by Jesus, remember they're in the garden, to watch and pray. How'd they do? Sound asleep. We know that our following his leading and his commands is not always faithful. Can I get an amen on that? Not always faithful. At times, we're not following at all. We're not necessarily out doing wicked stuff, but we're just not following the Lord. We're like a sheep that's kind of meandering away from the flock. We've all been known to get tired this past year, frustrated, distracted, perhaps even like Asaph in Psalm 73, bemoaning and looking at the unsaved world and say, they have such carefree lives. They have it made. They have a brand new Tesla and I have a Ford Fiesta. 
That cross gets heavy too, doesn't it? And truth be told, sometimes we kind of lay it down, don't we? Which all starts in our mind and in our hearts. Not like we just lay it down. It starts in the mind, drifting. Maybe we can just take it a little easier. And while we're at it, just chart a little of our own course. Not the whole thing, just chart a little bit of our own course. Because after all, nobody knows us like us. Or so we think. Because the Lord knows us far greater than we know ourselves. Amen? Aren't you glad Jesus knows you a trillion times better than you know yourself? Our flesh and the enemy are always opposed to God's will for our life. Let me say that again. Your flesh and my flesh. You have a new person living in you, but you also have the old flesh fighting you. Your flesh and the enemy always opposes the will of God. Always. Don't forget, when the Spirit took Jesus, who was perfect, into the wilderness for 40 days, who came and met Jesus in the wilderness? Satan did. And for 40 days, every day, offered him a series of temptations that were all aimed at getting Jesus to forsake the will of God in favor of a feeling. Now, if you think Satan would do that to Jesus, you can better believe he would do it to us. Now, Satan failed miserably. As Jesus never gave a single inch to temptation, and he remained in perfect harmony with the will of God. And he was right on schedule for the mission of salvation and redemption when the time came. And although none of us can live a perfect life without a single error, you've probably already made one today. You've barely got, it's not even 12 noon yet. None of us can live perfect like Jesus. But we now have the life of Jesus living within us by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it's the presence of the Spirit that gives us a perpetual desire to get back up when we fall, to pick the cross back up. You ever read the cross fall? To pick it back up. To look to the Lordship of Christ, to replace the reins of our lives back in the hands of Jesus. And he causes us to see that his will really is perfect. If you're newer here, I'm going to forewarn you. You'll hear me say many times, probably in 2023 alone, and in every other year, as long as the Lord gives me years on this earth, but I say it often, um, at the end of the age, Jesus is never going to say, not even to Moses, not even to Paul, not to anybody, Jesus is never going to say, well done, good and perfect servant. Not a single saint will ever hear, well done, good and perfect servant. They will hear, and you and I will hear if we stay abiding Christ, well done, good and faithful servant. You all know faithful people at work, I've mentioned this many times, and you know who's not faithful, you know who you can depend on this coming year. And perhaps you believe if Christ examined your life that he'd sum it up as faithful. I can speak for myself. I believe I was faithful to the Lord over the last 12 months in 2022. But I also, guess what? Failed a lot. Did you know you can be faithful and still fail? Isn't that good to know? 
That's why you haven't been fired from your jobs yet. You know, all of you have failed at one point, but overall your boss thinks you're pretty faithful. Now, we're not, we don't get to heaven because of good work. We're saved by grace. But I'm saying once we're saved, God looks at us and says, are you going to follow me faithfully? Not perfectly, but faithfully. But things in the past year that I personally, I can speak for me, I can't speak for you, things I intended to do, some of them I never got done. Did anyone else have that happen? Some things I said, I was going to, I thought I'd get it done by June. It still hasn't happened. I'm talking about things of spiritual importance even. Things of the kingdom of God. Things I endeavored to do for the Lord. I also had times where I went and did this or that without a single thought or prayer. You ever done that? Like gone six hours. You hadn't even thought about God. You've thought about sports scores. You've thought about this. Thought about recipes. Thought about that. Never thought about the Lord at all. And later, other, other times, I thought, was that what I just took the time to do? Was that redeeming time or is that just wasting time? Where the Lord maybe had something else that I missed or ignored altogether. Yet the Lord is gracious, isn't he? And whether they're misses, whether they're mistakes, whether they're habits, whether they're sins, whether they're failures, whether presumption or even outright disobedience, you name it, Jesus is the Lord of new beginnings. Isn't that great to know? New beginnings. God doesn't care how many times you failed last year. He will give you a fresh start today. Fresh starts of forgiveness, fresh starts of healing, new obedience, and putting us on the path that he has set for our lives. Not what our flawed flesh would want. On the Sunday before Christmas, I mentioned that there are 12 new moons, of course, in the lunar calendar, but they were required by the nation of Israel under the law to commemorate every one of the new moons. And each of them were like a Sabbath in that they were set-apart days. They were sacred. And God wanted Israel at the beginning of every new moon, which is every new month, to reflect on his sovereignty, his faithfulness, his provision, his commands for their lives. It's kind of a God-given recalibration, right? That God kind of says, I'm going to help you recalibrate because we tend to, it's just like when you drive down the highway, you just can't say, I'm just going to keep the wheel like this. You will be in a bad place, right? It's a constant recalibration. And when we focus on the God who created the sun and the moon and the stars and the days and the weeks and the months and the years and the minutes and even the seconds of our lives. We focus on, us, on his authority. But also we focus on his great love for us. That he gave his son for our sins. We focus on that. We'll be doing that this morning with the Lord's Supper. And that focus, that reflection that we see in the Lord's Supper, but we also see when we just take time to remember and focus on the Lord, it causes us to stop. And rather than make a bunch of New Year's resolutions, we actually say, Lord, I'm going to make a New Year submitting of myself, submitting our will, resurrendering our lives, recommitting to the priorities of Jesus, reconsidering our plans and our goals in light of his kingdom 
and his closer by the day return, as Gary was reading about. It's not an accident that today, January 1st, is the first day of the week, first day of the month, first day of the year, the Lord's Day. And in this new year, we'll get to partake together of the Lord's Supper. It's not an accident God has us all here. You're here by His divine sovereignty and providence. None of us would even be here today if God hadn't kept us alive this past year. Amen? I, I, I mean, my heart breaks over the, I think, 40-some people that died in the blizzard in Buffalo. Some people died in their vehicles. I guarantee none of them thought when they were shopping in early December, you know what, I won't even make it to New Year's. 40-some people froze to death, uh, carbon monoxide with their vehicles, snow uh, packed in the tailpipe. So we're only here by God's grace, amen? It's not like they did anything different than we did. Uh, just like Christmas Sunday. This Sunday won't happen again, as I mentioned, for 11 years. But the Lord has this day. He has this year. He has you and me here for a purpose. And here it is. It's in your Bible. It's always been there. At least since you and I have been alive, it's been there. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What thing? Whatever things God thinks you need. Not the things you think you need, not the things that we want, but all the things that we need, spiritual, emotional, provisional. This is his plan, this verse right here. This is his plan for you and me in 2023, to seek him first. And place everything under the lordship of Jesus Christ. That the Spirit of God and the Word of God would map out our steps, not use our wish list to map out our steps. We all have a wish list. You have to yield the wish list to the Lord. Say, Lord, is my wish list on your will list? And amazingly, and completely counter to both our flesh our logic, and our never-satisfied culture around us, we'll find, here it is, contentment in Christ. Contentment. So, uh, me and my wife were driving down the road together, and you know, I, used to, I used to make way better money than I do as a pastor. And I, I told her, I said, you know, I don't care. We may never get to go to some of the places I used to be able to afford to go, and I don't care at all. I couldn't care less. I'm like, first of all, heaven's going to make any place you can think on earth seem like a distant memory. Worse than that, it's going to be feel like, you're going to think earth was the dump. You know, <laughs> you'll think it's the county landfill uh, once you spend eternity with Jesus. You'll never, when you get out, you won't think about any dream vacations you took or any, none of that. It'll all be a distant memory, but you won't think about the sins or the cancer or all the other stuff that we have. But you just will be, but the more you realize that Jesus really is sufficient, you're content. You're like, I don't care if I ever get a new car or a bigger bank account or a bigger house or all these other things. Or if you're a young person that you have 8 million followers on Instagram or whatever else it may be. But you'll find contentment in Christ. 
while we grow in Christ. And while the work of the Spirit, while we have the work of the Spirit moving us, we'll see others come to Christ, which is worth more than silver and gold. Amen? People coming to know Christ. Some people that you've been praying for for years. I'm going to have a pastor friend of mine come this year. He's going to, uh, I told him, I, I want you to come and preach because his dad got saved this past year at the age of 93. And he's grown in Jesus. Like, I've de- like very few people I've seen get saved. He's going to come and preach this year. I want you to hear the story yourself. It might encourage you. So I don't know when, but we're going to work it out. But in light of Jesus' perpetual counsel for us to pray and submit to the will of God and, and, and Paul's spirit-led admonition there, telling the people there, I'm not Paul, uh, James, but James saying there in the book of James, look, don't say, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there, I'm going to buy, I'm going to sell, I'm going to accomplish this. Just don't, don't make these grandiose ideas, claims, or plans. Say, if the Lord wills. If the Lord wills. He might have that for you, but he might not have that for you. If the Lord wills. But Jesus, in his counsel, saying, thy will. And we put those words, we follow those words in our hearts, we put them into our heart, and we say, Lord, I'm going to submit to that. It purifies all of our plans. It purifies all of our ideas, things that we want to do. And I want to finish this first day of 2023 message and exhortation with a map, if you will, uh, how we're to live, it's kind of like an umbrella. I'll put it up on the screen. A little bit of an umbrella of what it means to live under if the Lord wills and thy will be done. What it, what it kind of means to live under if the Lord wills. And I'll say up front, living under if the Lord wills, it's joyful. It provides safety. Does anyone want joy? Does anyone want safety? It provides fruitfulness, multiplication in our life to live under this submitting of ourselves, say, the apostles lived this way, Jesus demonstrated his life, thy will be done, and you could have asked any of the apostles, hey, you're going to go here, you're going to go there, if the Lord wills. Paul's like, I want to make it to Spain, if the Lord wills. He didn't make it to Spain, by the way. It wasn't God's will. It was Paul's desire to make it to Spain. I've wanted to go to Spain, but that's a different story. But, um, but if it's the Lord's will. We have some Calvary chapels there, so we have some good reasons. But The first one is I put them in these, these groupings, if you will. And, and everything in light of, on the right-hand column there, so you're, everything in this list of six things, and obviously they're joined together, uh, everything on the right-hand column that we're looking at all of these through the lens of the commands of Christ and the scriptures. Because that's how we live our life. I mean, it's a lamp unto our feet. We're not just making this up as we go. Saying, Lord, how do we take your word and live according to your word, your scriptures, and then these things, we want to put them into practice. That's what being a disciple is. And live by these things. And you're under the umbrella of God's protection. You're under the umbrella of if the Lord wills. So the first one, Pray and present. I have them kind of sectioned out here. Prayer, it's like the breathing in our relationship with the Lord. There's no communion without prayer. 
It'd be like you and your wife saying you have a relationship. We just never talk at all. And you don't have a relationship. I mean, you're still married, thankfully. But, but to have a relationship, prayer is like breathing our relationship with God. And to present, what I mean by that is we're, we're called in Scripture to present ourselves as living sacrifices unto the Lord. Now, you know the problem with living sacrifice? They crawl off the altar sometimes, right? So that's why it's a constant representing. And it's a constant, your prayers from yesterday don't necessarily... I mean, that, that was for yesterday, and God will hear those prayers. And sometimes God answers prayers we prayed 10 years ago, but he's still calling you to pray again today, right? And tomorrow, on January 2nd, he'll be calling you to prayer again. And on the 3rd, he'll be calling you to prayer again. Remember the manna? They had to get it every day, right? Fresh manna each day. You tried to hold on to it, it would turn rancid and sour and all those kind of things. So, uh, so prayer, very important. Everything Everything starts with prayer. Even the falling of the Holy Spirit uh, on Pentecost, it started with that 10 days or so where they gathered in prayer. And so God is calling us to be people uh, of prayer and to present ourselves um, to Him. And we want to say, Lord, just take me. And it really, uh, even the presenting of ourselves, Lord, is a prayer. It's just talking to the Lord and say, you don't even know fully what it means, but the best you can, just like with salvation, when you, when you first got saved, you may not have understood every aspect of grace. I still don't, after I've been saved 28 years or so now, I still don't understand after every aspect of grace, but I knew that I was called to pray and call upon the name of the Lord. Amen? And so when it comes to praying to the Lord, I'm here to talk to you, and I'm here on January 1st or January 2nd to represent myself I don't have much to offer. I love Moses' prayer, he sa- or Abraham's prayer, actually. Abraham there before Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, I'm just dust and ashes. That's what we are. So, Lord, can you take this dust and ashes and use it for your glory? And he'll honor that. The second one, practice and ponder. What do I mean by that? Um, well, we have to make it a practice to read the Word of God every day this year. I, I, I did that in 2022. I did it in 2021. I did it in 2020. Even on days that I was sick, if I could only read a small amount, I always want, and you always need, I'll always need to get the Word of God in us. Making the reading of God's Word a daily practice and to ponder His truths continuously. Uh, it will not matter to think about the weather all day. You ever meet people that just love to keep up with the weather? I have a father-in-law but, and, and loves the weather. Um, I, I don't have to check it. I can just text him. What, what's, he knows the weather where he lives and where I live. <laughs> but there's all kinds of things. And there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. I'm simply saying that God has called us. You can ponder other things. You can ponder your job all day. You can ponder your sports team all day. You can ponder your hobby all day. Or you can ponder Jesus all day throughout the day. And thinking about, and, and we talked about this in one of the Wednesday night prayers, uh, what you read, use that to kind of anchor through it. So if you read a certain verse or two, think about that verse throughout the day. So Lord, teach me throughout the day, even while I'm doing a spreadsheet, even while I'm driving through a toll booth, even while I'm doing this, that teach me what you were trying to tell me in that passage. I just started this morning, Ecclesiastes 1, in my personal study. Lord, think about, it mentions preacher a couple of different times. Lord, what does that mean to me personally? What would it mean to you, whatever verses you're reading? So, and ponder them. 
D.L. Moody, it's, it's up there on the screen. He said, the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. Amen. It's true. You stay in the Word. You stay focused on the Lord. You don't want to live in sin. You get away from the Word and you're in it and don't even know it. Third one, prioritize and prepare. Uh, we have all been called to make preparations. God's given you a brain. God's given you time. You have the same 24 hours as everybody else does. No matter how busy we he's told us all that we have to prioritize in our lives and plan. And, and so take the time to plan and prioritize and prepare all areas of our lives by the Word of God and the commands of Scripture. Um, I'm not picking on anybody, but it's, you know, it, it's more important to be here where the spirit can fall afresh than to watch a ball drop. And I did watch the ball drop last night, but I still want to, priorities are, Lord, I want to be where you are. Now, I'm not saying that, that God is only in this place. He's not only here, he's all over the world. He's, all, he's everywhere. God has no limitation. But we need to prioritize our lives that say, Lord, I want to be doing the things that you have called us as the body of Christ to be focused on. Prioritize, uh, you know, there's, there's things that are priorities in my family that take precedence over things that I might enjoy doing. Say, Lord, take a look at my calendar, take a look at my life, take a look at how I spend my time, and help me prioritize it accordingly. And, and I believe that, and in, in we've counseled in one-on-one discipleship with people, say, look, even if you say, I, I, I've done that and I still, ha I still find myself running into walls, then take someone who's more mature in the faith and say, will you sit down with me and go through my life and help me prioritize? Because there's more mature, mature people in Christ say, yeah, I, I ran into those same walls when I was your age, 25 or 35 or 45, and these are things that I promise you, you start to make these slight adjustments and you will find God doing things in your life that was not happening before. There's wisdom in a multitude of counselors, the Bible says. And so to take these things, and Proverbs has a, a couple of them, we don't just plan and prioritize, we have the Lord help us to map out our steps. Very important that we set things in order. Uh, that's why I was talking about us fasting and taking those first 21 days of prayer. So we can kind of clear all the clutter out that we can hear more clearly. You ever have it, things that are so loud around you that you can't think? And God says, I want you to clear the deck a little bit so you hear from me. Jesus went away for those 40 days to hear. He got away from Jerusalem. He got away from the temple. He got away from people. He got away from crowds. And he just, it was him and the Father, although Satan tried to invade it the whole time but he could just hear clearly from God. And then his ministry started after that. He set things in order first. The next one, uh, participate and praise. Participate in the calling of Christ by serving your family and the body of Christ and doing so with a heart of praise and thanksgiving. Here's the thing. Every single person is called to serve in the Great Commission, their place on the wall, they're placed in the body of Christ. Every person, you might be a fingernail in the body of Christ, but you have a role. Everyone has a role. And by the way, fingernails, you find out they're pretty important when you can't get a piece of tape to save your life. <laughs> you ever had that? Trying to wrap it, like, where's the starting point of this thing? You know, that's when a fingernail is really helpful. And you find that there's no wasted parts when it comes 
to God. But he's called us all to participate. And, and many believers are not. They're not part of the work. They're watching others be part of the work, but they're not part of the work. And then even if they do participate, they grumble about it. And God's not called us to complain. He told Israel, one of the big problems he had was they were constantly grumbling and complaining. And even when they did the work, they did it with a bad attitude. And so God wants us to say, look, the things I've called you to do, to serve your spouse, to serve your kids, to serve in the body of Christ, to serve in ministry, whether it's children's ministry or, or worship or greeting or green team or whatever else, I want you to be part of the work. And I love this quote that's at the bottom, because really everything we do, uh, regardless of the particular work God has for each of us to do, the one aim of us all in doing our particular job for the Lord must be the evangelization of the whole world. Uh, if you're part of this church, you're part of a church that wants to reach Richmond, but we also are working with missionaries all over the world in some of the toughest places on earth. And so everything that you do and you're serving here is helping to serve that larger mission of Christ. And so even the people that are helping with the kids, they're helping people sit under the word. They're helping people that will then maybe go this summer on short-term mission trip. One, we've, we're planning to Guatemala, for example. So participate. Say, Lord, I want to be uh, obedient and part of the work that you're doing. Uh, the next one, uh, persevere and pivot. Say, what, is, what, what do you mean by pivot? We'll get to that in a second. Um, patiently persevere through all the seasons. There will be a variety of seasons this coming year that you and I did not anticipate. It happens every year. Things we had didn't see coming. I thought it was all going to be fun and laughter. I thought it was, and, and some months were just boredom and drudgery. All the seasons, dry seasons, fruitful seasons, not happening seasons, everything happened too fast seasons, everything happened all at once seasons. But also to be ready to pivot where the Lord leads. Even the story of the Good Samaritan is a, is a pivot story where uh, some people... We're walking down the same road. And by the way, that story is a multifaceted uh, story, which um, I want to play a message from Pastor Alwyn uh, um, in Calvary Chapel, London. He does an incredible message on the Lord as the Good Samaritan. But in that story, uh, you know, you've got two religious men that would not pivot and take a change where God was saying, you thought your day was going to go this way, I want you to do something completely different and stop everything and minister. And God will do that. He'll present things in your life this year where you, know, uh, you might be going through something tough and God brings someone that you are called to minister and you have to stop and drop everything and give them the time and the attention that they need to minister to them, to, to, to pivot, to turn, to make a change, to modify your direction. Say, all right, Lord, if that's what you're doing, if God says to me, hey, I want you to stop and do this series in the middle of the book of John, I want you to stop, take three weeks, I, I will do that. And there's things that I want to be sensitive to the Lord, but at the same time, persevering through the day in and the day out. Amen? If God helps us to be faithful, I love that passage there in Revelation, you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my namesake and have not become weary. And just know that God's the one that changes our direction. Paul, he said, they, they wanted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. You say, well, I thought I was going to get to go do this or that, and God didn't allow it. He's pivoting you to something else. Pastor Chuck said for years, blessed are the flexible. 
<laughs> because God will make you flexible. Thinking, I thought I was gonna, I thought February was gonna go this way. Not that. This is what I have you focused on. And lastly, this uh, last point, and it's really the work of the Lord here. Uh, we are to plant ourselves, remain planted and abiding in Jesus, no matter what happens. Remain abiding in Jesus. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter how things go. Remain abiding in Him. He's the only thing that perpetually is perfect and holy and righteous. You can remain abiding in Him and expect Him to prosper your soul and to prosper the responsibilities He's given you. I am not capable of the responsibilities that God's given me, but with the Holy Spirit, I am. Amen? Neither are you. God, you, you remember when you first had kids, you're like, God, I am not up for this. Right? When you first looked in the mirror and you said, why did you entrust me with a child? I'm still a child, Lord. You know, whatever it may be. But here's the point. If you abide in him, he will cause you to prosper to be able to do it. Not just be able to do it, but thrive to do it. I love all the passages. Each of these I want to read because they're really the work of the Lord. John 15, 5, you guys know it. We studied it just a couple of months back. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. 3 John verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Do you want your soul to prosper this year? I do. I want my soul to prosper. If my soul prospers, everything else will follow. And then lastly, in 1 Corinthians 1, 7, says that neither he who plants is anything, nor he that waters, but God gives the increase. The more we think of ourselves as nothing but conduits of the Lord, you know, there's nothing special about me, there's nothing special about you, there's something special about Jesus in us. Amen? And it's the Lord that gives the increase. Uh, that, that's why we're not looking for headlines. We're looking for Jesus to get all the glory for whatever is done. So we're just saying, Lord, plant, keep us planted. We, we've already represented. That's going back to the first one. We've presented ourselves. But Lord, help us to stay planted in you, rooted in you. And then whatever you do, if the fruit is three figs or a thousand figs, we give you the glory for it. Amen? It's his plans. It's his will. It's his path that we want to be on. Amen? And that's my prayer for all of us as we come to a close this morning, that God would just, God would just impress upon you that you're going to find, that I'm going to find, the contentment, the joy, and the fruitfulness, and, and the prospering of both our soul and every other aspect of our life. And say, Lord, I give myself completely to you. It's not my will. It's your will. And Lord... If the Lord wills, whether it's January, February, March, April, things that come up, say, Lord, uh, me and my wife do this all the time. We say, Lord, we don't know what to do on this. So it looks like a good opportunity. looks like a lot of work. looks like this. looks like that. We did it yesterday. We needed an answer on something. We got on our knees. We say, Lord, we need an answer. We pray. We look in the Word. He gives us the direction. We're like, okay, it's pretty clear that wasn't the answer we were hoping for, but that's the answer He gave us. And when we did it, a couple hours later, we saw exactly why. God knows what he's doing. Amen? Submit your will if the Lord wills. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again that your will can be trusted, that our feelings cannot be trusted, but your word can be trusted, your will can be trusted, your spirit can be trusted. And Lord, as we start this new year, we want to put all of our trust in you. 
by faith, Lord, just to lay ourselves at your feet and say, Lord, take us and use us in any way you see fit. And Lord, our minutes and hours belong to you. And Lord, that you would make us fruitful and our soul would prosper and our ministries would prosper and our marriages and lives and individual impact with a lost and dying world would prosper because Lord Jesus, you are the one flowing. We have nothing to offer, but we have everything to receive. And so we just come to you this morning, Jesus, to represent ourselves as a living sacrifice to you. And Lord, as we take these communion elements in just a couple of minutes, just prepare our hearts and even use these reflections. Uh, Lord, as you prayed there, even in the garden, thy will be done. Lord, we would pray the same thing as we partake of the bread and the, and the juice and remember your sacrifice for us. And Lord, that it's a reasonable thing, as it says reasonable means logical service, Lord, to give ourselves back to you. And Lord, there'll be a contentment and a joy Uh, Just as you saw the joy of the cross set before you, Lord, we'll find the joy of growing in your grace and being sanctified day by day in this coming year. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. If you did not get the communion elements, please raise your hand so we can make sure that you get them and make sure everybody has them. And just take a couple of minutes as Gary and the team are going to lead us in some worship. Just to reflect in your own heart, say, Lord... Nobody can make this decision for you. And you you don't really need a fantastic atmosphere. If the purpose of your heart say, Lord, I am re-surrendering everything I am to you on this first day of 2023. And I want you to maybe write it down in your Bible or something to go back to it and say, Lord, as I go through this year to go back and say, oh yeah, I've given you the reins of my life. It's if the Lord wills, it's your will be done. And remind yourself, and and the Spirit will help remind you, but just take this time as we're uh, just kind of taking a little reflection with the music here to just say, Lord, cleanse me, wash me, and then we'll take these elements together. Be 
And you are sure You are life You endure You are good Always true You are light Breaking through my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Here's my life, Lord. my life, Lord. Here's my life, Lord. Speak what is true. more appreciative now than you were a year ago that Jesus gave his body and his blood that you and I could be saved. Amen? And that, that I hope in the next year we have more appreciation for it, more admiration for it, more affection for it, more love, and say, Lord, thank you that you gave your life because uh, even the Bible says, even our best days, the most awesome day you ever live for the Lord, even your righteousness, the Bible says, is filthy rags. Hard to believe, isn't it? I tell, I've, I've shared that with people I've witnessed before. I've said, let me tell you, you don't understand something here. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. The best I've ever done wouldn't earn me a second in heaven but the blood of Jesus. Amen? That's what we're covered by. And so we're, we're grateful for it. Um, you know, we give our lives back in gratitude, it makes a lot of sense that if Jesus gave his life for us that we would give ourselves back to him. Amen? You can't buy salvation. You can't earn salvation. You can only receive salvation. And uh, we couldn't receive it if Jesus didn't come and he didn't fulfill. We just finished the Christmas season where he, we know he came. But we know he came not to stay in Bethlehem but to die in Jerusalem. Not just die in Jerusalem but raise from the dead there in Jerusalem. And we're grateful for that and so we take these elements. He's the one that told us to remember these things, to reflect on these things. Don't forget, uh, as the book of Hebrews says, don't neglect so great a salvation. So 12 times this year we want to take of the Lord's Supper. We could start on the first day of the first year and say, Lord, as Gary and the team just sang that song, we give our heart back to you. It's not to say that, Lord, we're going to be perfect, but we want you to use us as only you can. So let me just pray that we'll take these elements together. Father, we thank you that you sent your only begotten Son. Jesus, we thank you that you yielded the will of the Father. There in the Garden of Gethsemane you sweat great drops of blood, but you said, thy will be done. Lord, you were committed to dying for our sins. You were committed to fulfilling the mission that the whole reason you came, Emmanuel, God with us, was to lay down your life. Uh, Lord, uh, to as you were wrapped in swaddling clothes and grave clothes from the very beginning to be rewrapped in them 
uh, only to conquer sin and death and the grave. And Jesus, we're so thankful that you came. We're so thankful that you gave your body and your blood. We know we could never earn heaven, but we thank you, Lord, we can call upon you. And, and Lord, I pray even in this room, if there's anyone that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that even now they would ask you to cleanse them and to forgive them. They would ask you to be their Lord and Savior. Perhaps someone online, Lord, would just right now, uh, Lord, just drop to their knees and ask you to save them and to cleanse them and to come inside and live in them and Lord to be their Lord and Savior. For those of us Lord that have already been saved, uh, Jesus we say thank you. Thank you for giving your body. Thank you for giving your blood. And Lord we pray as we give our lives back to you and remember uh, Lord what you've done for us that you would help us and you'd fill us afresh and new with your spirit to live for you as only you can help us Lord to take every step Lord that you have called us to take. That you pre prepared us for good works and Lord we pray uh, that this, wor this work of communion this morning would have a spiritual and eternal work in us that you desire. We thank you, Jesus, with the bottom of our, our hearts, Lord, for all that you've done for, on our behalf. In your name we pray. Amen. And he took bread and he gave thanks and broke it, saying to them, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take of the bread. Likewise also he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is shed for you. Let's take the cup. Won't you stand as we close in worship?